Good day, this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series, our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight on entrepreneurship, branding, marketing, and promotion with my guest, Frank McKinney. Yes, daredevil real estate artist and philanthropist. You're going to enjoy this. In history, our country's history was founded on capitalism and free enterprise, and that is what works. Mm-hmm. But my pers- I'm, a, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and, and I, am an, I am a real estate opportunist. Right. I am not a real estate developer or flipper or rehabber. I'm a, I'm a real estate opportunist that goes out and f- makes opportunities. And so, so certainly in the time that we're in now, and, and, and my, my real estate book uh, that, I, that just, was, just came out called Burst This, with right. an exclamation point, mm-hmm. Frank McKinney's Bubble-Proof Real Estate Strategies. Listen, I've been at it for 25 years. I've been through, I went back and studied six cycles, real estate cycles dating back to the mid-70s. I've been through four of those six cycles. I want to show the reader in that book how long these cycles last, what brings them on, how long we skip across the bottom, and when the low-hanging fruit presents itself so that when we're about ready to come out the backside of one of these cycles, it's time to make some, some money, some easy money. You can always make money in real estate. Very few times can you make some easy money. In a time like we're in now, you need to take what I refer to in the book as a contrarian approach. Mm-hmm. You need to earn your Ph.D. in paradoxicology. It's a made-up word, but it's appropriate. <laughs> we, need, we need to see the opportunity that exists out there when everybody's running for the exits, screaming bloody murder with you know the white uh, throwing in the towel, the white towel with splattered with their own blood, I give up, we need to be calmly walking through the entrance door, recognizing, as Warren Buffett says, when everybody's afraid, it's time to be greedy, and when everybody's greedy, it's time to be afraid. Well, everybody's afraid, yeah. especially when it comes to real estate, and, and, and I'm telling you, mark my words, if you're recording this, come back and play it in five years, the low-hanging fruit, as far as real estate opportunities that exist today is hanging so low that it's going rotten because it's sitting on the ground. The branches are hanging on the ground. This cycle that we're in, this session as you refer to, Sabrina Marie, will not be here for very long. Right. And it will dry up, and the then it, the market will level out to be no longer a buyer's market. It'll be a, a neutral market, and then it probably transitions like it has in the last six cycles to a seller's market. So we, the first thing we need to do, though, as entrepreneurs, is change the mindset to that of a contrarian. That's when money is made or money is retained. See, if everybody's going to be greedy, that's the time for us to be afraid. Maybe we should take some chips off the table. We retain that net worth. But it takes a contrarian's approach, that PhD PhD in paradox ecology, to either make your money or retain what you've made. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned first this. Uh, you are a uh, five-time author, and uh, who better to write a book than you? You have um, some wonderful properties I've I've seen uh, either on HGTV or uh, some some major program. I'm thinking, wow, look at Aquiliana, look at all these wonderful places. I want you to talk a little bit about uh, your artistry and putting something like that together. That's something we all dream of when we look at something like that on an HGTV or, you know, on some of these other specials. Uh, how did, how did the Aquiliana, I know it's a, you know, green home and that's something that 
I believe in, you know, of course, being um, a green lover. Uh, how did that come to, to play? It all starts with the first the first property, and, and I, I never cared about property number two or three. I just made sure that the one I was working on was the best I could do. And and there's a great author out there by the name of um, Malcolm Gladwell mm-hmm. who, who wrote The Tipping Point, and he wrote Blank, and he wrote Outliers. And, and in Outliers, he, he says to become an expert at anything, you must put in 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours to become an expert at anything. And I look back and I said, wow, you know, from 86 to 91, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of small houses, not worth more than $100,000, not a one worth more than $100,000. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do the math, 10,000 hours is five years mm-hmm. of, of a 40-hour work week. And I, I became the expert. I didn't know that, obviously, because I read his book last summer. didn't know that back in 1991. I then transitioned to the oceanfront in 91 and started doing one or two projects a year, a, a very expensive, you know, starting at a $2.2 million house and going all the way up to the most expensive one we did was a $50 million house four years ago. And anywhere in between, uh, all on speculation, meaning I build them without a buyer in mind. I bear all the risk. I have no partners. The good Lord, the bank, and the IRS, those are my three partners. And, you know, imagine not knowing when you're going to get paid or if you're going to get paid for almost 25 years. I don't know. that I, I can't predict and tell you when one of our artistry is going to sell. But by exercising that risk threshold like a muscle over all those years and adding a zero to our asking price after many years of perfecting my craft, mm-hmm. just recently we finished, and, and you should send your, your uh, listeners to our website to see some beautiful pictures of the Aquiliana home. Aquiliana is a Tahitian word that translates to water flower. Mm-hmm. It is the world's largest, most expensive, and most opulent triple certified green home uh, certified by the United States Green Building Council, the Florida Green Building Coalition, and the Energy Star for Homes program. Uh, fifteen thousand square, a little over fifteen thousand square feet, twenty-four point three million dollars, uh, fully furnished down to the linens on the linens on the beds and towels in the closet. So it's turnkey, ready to go. Right. It is really of the thirty-six projects that we've done on the ocean since nineteen ninety-one. It is the most beautiful representation of art that you can live in. I mean, Van Gogh, Renoir, Monet, I love looking at them on the wall, but I I wish I could jump into those paintings. I can't do it. <laughs> With our homes, you can. Right. You can the buyer gets that, that emotional return from, and oftentimes a financial return when they go to sell it from owning artistry that you can actually live in. And that's what Aquiliana represents. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned each of the homes between, you said, 86 to 91. And, uh, you know, like a true artist, uh, the most important one that you're working on is the one that you're actually working on, and all those hours add up. Many people look at a Frank McKinney and just say, oh, he just had a stroke of luck, so I'm glad that you're mentioning all the details in between and how you've had to build and all the hours to become an expert. In your books... Uh, you have, well, uh, about five of them now. Uh, but the one I want to focus on is Burst This. I, I know that Donald Trump and many others have praised your, your, uh, your writings. Uh, what would you tell somebody who's an entrepreneur now, uh, with just what you're talking about? Starting out in, uh, uh, wanting to make a life for themselves. What would you say that, and you've already said this is the best, the best time. But what would you say, because we have not 
uh, as a, a country, experience something like that in many people's lifetimes. Many people are just like, whoa, what happened? Uh, you've always created. So uh, people are listening to you right now. What would you tell them? Well, for, for the simplest thing I would tell them is embrace the fear associated with risk. Okay. If you aren't able to do that, regardless of if you're in the real estate business or the Tupperware business, I mean, I don't care. If you aren't able to embrace the fear associated with taking a risk, you will live a, a life of mediocrity. It's that simple. That is not an insult. It's a fact. That's the primary difference between me and many other folks. I am, I'm uneducated at best. I, my father was not in the, in the building business. My mother was a school teacher. You know, I, I don't know how to, I do not know how to hammer a nail straight. The other day I tried to change an incandescent to a fluorescent at my own house and I broke the light bulb. You know, I can't read a set of plans. I'm, I'm highly unskilled. But at the same time, the difference is I am, I am, yes, Frank McKinney has fear and is afraid nearly every day of his life. But the difference is I do not let that fear stop me. I embrace it. I recognize it for what it is. I recognize it that it's a necessary evil that has to be uh, associated with taking a risk. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the important thing in these times when, when people are even more afraid. Sabrina Marie, mm-hmm. people are afraid because of the, the, the uh, negativity that is being spewed over our airwaves on a 24-7 basis. It makes money, though. <laughs> well, your negativity. It, it does, but, but you know that's book number six, by the way. It's going to yeah. be a book titled Something Along the Lines of the Bastardization of the First Amendment, and I'm all for free speech, but what happened? I want the American public to see. I'm going to go back, and while well, we're doing this now, it's a t- quite a bit of research. It's studying what was the turning point. When did we lose the innocence? Maybe it was after 9-11? I don't know. I mean, we're still a t- when 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 you and I were growing up, it was watching Disney on television, and we had the you know the whatever Leave It to Beaver and all the little show Ed Sullivan show, and the news was somewhat positive. When did it turn? And, and so I don't have the answer to that yet, but I will, and I want the public, and I doubt I'll get any media attention because basically I I'm faulting the media for over exaggerating this crisis and causing it for it to be a heck of a lot worse than it is now. Unfortunately, many of us get our our financial literacy, our education from the television. Yes. And that's a horrible place to get it. You need to be getting it from the Bill Gates and the, and the, oh, you know, Warren Buffetts and the Michael Dells and the Richard Bransons and, you know, the, the, the risk takers, the titans of industry of, of, of the world, not from that stupid television set. Because it, it you know, it, it, it's an effort in brainwashing and, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we learn to, we want to go see the car race, but we don't go for the race or the thrill of the race. We go to see the wreck. Right. And once we, we, we start that mindset, it's a horrible, it, there's, there's a tremendous amount of cynicism associated with that kind of lifestyle, that kind of thought process. I say, that's part of the reason I work from a treehouse, I don't want to be around that. I create my own reality. Bubbles, by the way, when they refer to the real estate bubble, most bubbles that I've experienced and have seen are self-created. Do not blame the government. Do not blame the greedy banker, the esoteric eccentric mortgage products that were created. Blame blame yourself if you got caught in that. And I, yep, you're going to turn off your computer or hang up your phone and say, I, I've had it with Frank McKinney. But it's true. Only take on the amount of risk that you feel you can afford to take. But don't stand idle. The, most, the, the worst thing we can have in life is regrets, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have them. 
But what would you rather do? Regret what you did or what you didn't do? In my book, I want to regret what I did. I want to regret giving the effort. You mentioned something great about the um, the, the negativity in the news, and there are not very many great uh, shows on television. There may be a few, but not very many. And you also mentioned mindset. Mindset is so important. You mentioned some mentors to look up to, or to at least you know you know learn lessons, read their books, and and you know take and choose where you know whoever you want to follow. But many people are also in that uh, uh, traditional realm. They believe that you go to school and you just go to school and you go out and you work a job. They're not thinking individualism and making anything for themselves. And so I think that that's why there's fear. They bought into that system and now they're finding out that that in today's economy doesn't work necessarily. Uh, I, I, I don't fault. Let me just. I, I don't fault that system at all. And I, and I think because I, you know, let me take you back to the days I was teaching tennis. Okay. Many of the people I taught tennis to mm-hmm. were nine to fivers. Sabrina Marie were all born mm-hmm. nine to fivers. We all are born with that cubicle mentality. Most of us, I'm telling you, is very few that are not born that way. We are made into entrepreneurs. So if you've gone through school and you've mm-hmm. gotten the job. Listen, my nine to five was teaching tennis. I had to put food on the table, even though I was my own boss and running my own show, until I, I realized there's some higher professional calling for me than, right. than baking out there in the hot sun. So if you've got the job and you've got the degree and you've got, you've, you've got a, a decent income, that's food on the table, that's security. But right. that isn't something that we want to use for the rest of our lives. You want to be looking for that opportunity for independence. Amen. Amen. You have uh, four other books. I was looking at the Make It Big, Frank McKinney's Maverick Approach to Real Estate, The Tap, Dead Fred, Flying Lunchboxes, and The Good Luck Circle. I wanted you to talk uh, briefly on uh, your marketing and about those books so our people know uh, about you know what you're doing. Well, I think you know we, we, the Burst This Book is a very important real estate book for those who want to learn from somebody who's can I guess I can say I've walked the talk for all those years and and, and the book the verse this book is really a practical book because what I wanted to do is I listen I want to learn from a doer I don't want to learn from a talker so so let's be a doer in the book and let's show the reader exactly what we did over all those 25 years and I cut the book up into three very simple parts the first one is titled the confident contrarian so yes before we can succeed in the business of real estate or as a real estate entrepreneur we have to change our mindset as we talked about, being that contrarian, earning that Ph.D. in paradoxicology. Okay. And then the, the second part is, is titled The Market Maker and how you do create your own markets and you, you also you know create your own bubble if you're not careful and how to buy real estate right and how to balance you know, the, the time, budget, and quality. I think the most important chapter, though, in that section is titled The Most Obscene Four-Letter Word. And it's not the F word or the S word. It's the D word. It's debt. How to responsibly, and this this can apply in any book, any situation, how to responsibly handle debt. Look what it did to us as consumers. Look what it did to us as a country with the irresponsible handling of debt. And how to go through and how to how to borrow properly if you're going to leverage to buy real estate so that you don't get in trouble. And the last part is, to, is titled The Artist and the Closer. And it's how to create your own brand. And listen, you can buy it right and fix it up right, but if you don't know how to sell it, forget about it. And that is the longest. It's a 50-page chapter on how to how to sell your real estate, how to get top dollar for your real estate. Awesome. And so, you know, that that book, 
um, it's everything that I've learned. It really is everything that I've learned in the nearly 25 years that I've I've gone from that fifty thousand dollar fixer upper to the you know the fifty million dollar house that we sold a few years ago. Awesome. You have so many uh, areas uh, to your profession. I'm looking at your website as we speak, and I wanted to you to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, marathon you just got finished running. I, I saw that. And uh, how long does it take for you to train to keep your your mindset and your body set to do that? It, it, it's called the, the Bad Water 135-mile ultramarathon. And as it says, it, it is a 135-mile nonstop foot race in the Death Valley Desert in July, where the daytime temperatures reach 130 degrees and the, the temperature of the pavement can exceed 200 degrees. And indeed, it is run nonstop, 135 miles on, a, on pavement, actually, on, on the road, uh, from the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere at 282 feet below sea level, that's, that's called Badwater. And it finishes three mountain ranges later. So you're up, and then you're back down to sea level, and you're up, and then you're back down to sea level, and it finishes at about 9,000 feet up above sea level, um, 135 miles later. It's, it's an unsupported race, meaning there are, there are no aid stations. You have to bring your own crew with you. And according to the National Geographic, as they went around and ranked all the races in the world, it is the toughest race in the world based upon those conditions that I just represented. And I've finished it four times, and... I'm training right now for my fifth attempt at finishing the toughest race in the world. I would be the 40th person to finish that race five times or more. And to wow. put that in perspective, 1,100 people have summited the top of Mount Everest. And, and so it's, it's, it's that difficult of a race to be you know, one of 40 to finish it five or more times. called the, the Badwater 135-mile ultramarathon. And as it says, it, it is a 135-mile non-stop foot race in the Death Valley Desert in July, where the daytime temperatures reach 130 degrees and the, the temperature of the pavement can exceed 200 degrees. And indeed, it is run non-stop, 135 miles on, a, on pavement, actually, on, on the road, uh, from the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere at 282 feet below sea level, that's, that's called Badwater, and it finishes three mountain ranges later, so you're up and then you're back down to sea level, and you're up, and then you're back down to sea level, and it finishes at about 9,000 feet up above sea level, um, 135 miles later. It's, it's an unsupported race, meaning there are, there are no aid stations. You have to bring your own crew with you. And according to the National Geographic, as they went around and ranked all the races in the world, it is the toughest race in the world based upon those conditions that I just represented. And I've finished it four times, and... I'm training right now for my fifth attempt at finishing the toughest race in the world. I would be the 40th person to finish that race five times or more. And to wow. put that in perspective, 1,100 people have summited the top of Mount Everest. And, and so it's, it's, it's that difficult of a race to be you know, one of 40 to finish it five or more times. 